0: On to the Science Fiction. Story number one, We Didn't Understand, written by Mr. E. Monkey. February 11th, 2445, Terran Calendar, 114 years after the Terran Alliance joined the Galactic Concordance. Author's note: Several years ago, while attending university at Rengara Prime, I became acquainted with the son of Minister Karish, a minister of intelligence for the Democratic Council of Angaria. We have maintained friendly correspondence over the years, and as I began preparing my documentary, I reached out to him to see if his father had any recollections of the war that he would be comfortable sharing. Whether he knew that this time was short, or perhaps he was intrigued as to why a fluffy little Bredian like myself would have any interest in an interstellar conflict, I do not know. Whatever the case, he was willing, perhaps even eager, to share his account which I share in this itinerary. Yes, come in. Have a seat, Chakspa. "'Can I get you anything?' "'The elder Angarian gestured towards a surprisingly comfortable seat facing his desk. "'Thank you, sir, but no, your Excellence. I stammered. "'I do not wish to impose. I understand you are busy. I do not wish to be a bother.' He chuckled. "'Nonsense, child! Just call me Krish. "'There is no need for titles or any such ridiculous formality here. "'I have been looking forward to meeting with you.' My time is yours Besides, he eyed me conspiratorially You have given me an opportunity to avoid a very dull meeting that I really didn't want to attend to Anyway, he chuckled A slight raspy sound that ended with a slightly wheezy cough I would later learn that this was a symptom of the chronic illness that he and many other Ingarians had acquired from the end of the war And in his case, would ultimately take his life He cleared his throat, his crest scales ruffling in a mixture of annoyance and embarrassment. Before continuing, ''I understand that you are conducting research for a documentary about war on the Terran Alliance all those years ago.'' I nodded eagerly. ''Yes, Minister Um. Yes, sir. I was hoping that I could document a first-hand experience. I understand that you fought in the war.'' Another cough Yes, uh, yes, I was there from the very beginning, actually Now I know that you're not here to simple historical facts My son tells me that you're very perceptive, Brelin, and I can see that in your eyes So I'll tell you what I know you really want to know Why? Why would we go to war with the Terran Alliance? We didn't understand "'Now you have to understand that things were different all those years ago. "'The galaxy was a different place. "'The old Hungarian Empire was eh, unrestrained, vicious. "'Our race evolved from predators, unlike you brillians, "'most of our members of the Concordance, so we think, in some ways differently than you do. "'Please understand that I do not mean this as an insult.' Though certainly in those days many Angarians thought that way That we were more evolved or simply better than prey species I apologize for the use of the term But if you truly want to understand why the Empire did what it did Then you have to understand the way they fought Herbivore species like yours and most members of the Concordance tend to avoid conflict, yes? Yes If you must fight, it is usually a competition over scarce resources and those of few and far between in a galactic civilization. Predators. We hunt, prey, or fight if we have to. Worth competing, Predators. In all of these circumstances, a quick, decisive show of force suits our purposes the best. A prolonged fight tends to lead to a more serious harm. And for a predator, that decreases the likelihood of being able to hunt successfully, which means death. The rules set in place by the Concordance suited us nearly as well as it suited you. But then came the humans. We did study them, you know, as much as anybody could then. There wasn't as much that it was available on the galactic net. They did say that they had predatory roots, though... For all that we could see, they acted more like many of the herbivore members of the concordance than predators like us. At the worst, we thought that they may eventually try and rival us. We were in an expansion phase then, and they looked like easy prey. They seemed even more passive than the Chal, who some of our scientists suggested weren't even herbivores, but possibly just sentient plants." His expression told me that he could sense my discomfort, so he cleared his throat and slightly continued The humans, yes, I'm sorry, I do tend to wander a bit my old age, don't I? So, the Empire announced its intentions in the council We were to take the sickness system from the humans They offered alternatives, they didn't want to fight Unfortunately, this only fed the prey drive of our leaders So when our first beat arrived, and they refused to even flee Another pause, his crest scales flattened in regret I was there on that command ship My family connections helped me get a choice assignment Of course, it would have been nearly impossible for a young officer as I was then otherwise I was on the bridge at the time. I witnessed the orbital bombardment, the slaughter conducted by the ground troops afterwards, and it was then that I saw my first human in person. There was a prisoner that was captured. I don't recall if his small craft was captured in space or if he was brought up on the planet. I don't know who he was, but I will never forget what he said that day. Before the Fleet master executed him That was our custom then, you understand Most creatures, even predators, give in to their fear at that point They may cower or even flinch in the face of death But that human, he stood eye to eye with the Fleet master. right in the end I assume you've read the record of his words I nodded I only regret that I won't live to see the conclusion of what you've started here the words were familiar to any student of war Even more so for most Incarians who lived through the war, I suppose Krish continued They were brave words, of course And we all know how it ended But I will tell you here and now That it's not his words that were important in the story I'm telling you It was the look in his eyes that I will never forget It wasn't fear or anger That was nothing new to us it wasn't even just defiance, it was something that was utterly alien to us. But ironically, you probably understand better than any Ingarian could have understood then." He paused for a moment. The crest scales flat against the nape in a sign of sorrow and remorse. Minister Kriish was one of the ever-shrinking number of Ingarians who had fought throughout the war against the Terran Alliance. An experience that most sentients in the galaxy would surely find deeply traumatizing. Humans have an ancient expression. War is hell. I could see it in the Minister Kriush's eyes. He had been through that hell, and unlike billions of others, had somehow survived. Though it seemed that the war never really left him. I would be lying if I tried to deny that, despite my friendship with his son... That I was still not a little uncomfortable Alone in a room with a predatory species like the Ingarian Even an elder like Minister Kish Possessed the strength to kill a brethren like myself But in that moment, as our eyes met I saw something different It was as though he felt a sort of connection A kinship even When he spoke again, he spoke with the weight of one Who had uncovered one of the great secrets of the universe No... We didn't understand the humans. After sickness, we became their prey. End of story. Story number two. House Call. Written by Auntie Money Squandering. We'll be there as soon as we can, ma'am. The officer switched off the voice caster with a flick of his claw, settling back into his heavy, thickly muscled tail and resting his and tipped feet on the desk. His colleague looked up curiously, blinking his four eyes wetly. "'Shouldn't you be attending that call, Sol?' Sol yawned widely, reaching into the dig-out of the chunk of beet wedged between his two long fangs. He examined the offending article briefly before throwing it to the side. Only once this was done did he turn to the other officer. "'Humans, Bellen. Human unhuman crime. You can wait.' Bellen guffawed loudly, lifting his bowl of pale white liquid as his maw and lapping it up. Don't wait too long, Sol. They only live for less than a century, after all. Both other valiant officers broke out into staccato peals of laughter, echoing around the enclosed space of the station. They trailed off as their boss stomped in, his massive bulk making the room small almost unbearably claustrophobic. He glared down at the two Barnier, crossing two of his arms over his chest, the remaining two pointing at each other, officer. Was that your species' attempted laughter, I heard then, lads? During a workday? Are you not busy? Shall I tell the overlord that crime has in fact stopped in the province? Sorry, sir, just sharing a joke, Ballin explained, missing souls furiously shaking his large head. Oh... The Garong leaned down until his long fur nearly hung over the now worried-looking Varlian. Well, as you know, I love a good joke, Bell. Do share. Yeah? It wasn't really a joke, sir. Saul attempted, but Garong simply lifted up one of the hands behind him and shushed a gesture. His attention still firmly on Bellon. It was um, a human called Sergeant. Balan paused looking for aid as the not forthcoming from Sol before rapidly blinking his eyes in the face of the stern garong and we just said well no rush right no oh, rush officer Balin sergeant growled softly his thickly bristled face impassive why is that well it's human isn't it Balin bobbled waving his claws in the air in the background Sol carefully lifted his feet off the desk and sat further on his tail I mean, they barely live longer than a pet Durangi, and even without that, they're so fragile, it's barely worth the trouble to keep them alive. I see, the sergeant finally moved back, his four legs thundering heavy into the floor while he crossed his two pairs of arms across his barrel chest. So, I assume you agree, Sol, why bother with the very finite humans when there's fellow Voldy to save, as well as Garung's and Butchkissks. Sol undulated in his seat squirming under his superior's gaze before flicking his long purple tongue out in exasperation. It's just common sense, sir. They're tiny, weak things. A garang shrugs it off or a varleen leaves for some heavy bruising. A human is left crushed and dead. The sergeant nodded, causing the tall, bright white mohawk on the top of his head to brush the ceiling of the room. Well, there's the truth in what you say, Sol. Sol bared his fangs in a relieved grin at Balin, who returned it, his own tongue slipping out of his wet snout. They both jumped as Garong banged the two fists down on their desks, leaning down and causing them to creak alarmingly. They're so soft species, that's true. Their skin is easy to tear, their muscles atrophied, their teeth and nails not even worth mentioning. But weak, there's different kinds of weakness.' The Garang snuffled angrily, shaking his head before managing to control himself and breathing out a deep, fetid breath. He sat back on his haunches and looked at each baldian in turn. I had a case years ago. Before it, um, I probably felt similar to how you two do now. That humanity was nothing but a weak intruder on our Xeno alliance. But I saw something that day that changed that. And further than that, something. That caused a shiver of fear to raise my fur on end The two, while in the end, were silent Their only sound were the occasional hiss of their serpentine tongues As they listened to rapt attention to their superior I had a bushtick partner at the time Given the relevant size to a human, we agreed she would take the lead We got to the human domicile and went inside, tipped off by a neighbor "'Long story short, it was owned by a human male, and in his basement we found a human female, chained and abused. "'I am no expert in human physiology, but I could see that she was malnourished, wounded, "'and I could only imagine the mental stress such captivity would have been had on her. "'I know Garung, having held prisoner, find themselves broken, never again able to regain their warrior spirit.' It is the greatest insult to us So, her plight It moved me The sergeant's gaze was on the wall opposite But it was apparent that he was seeing something far beyond that Reliving the scene as he recounted The human female found it difficult to stand So my partner was aiding her I held the human one hand More than enough to restrain him When the female emerged Blinking in the light I felt my initial fear had come true. Her eyes were alight with blank madness. Oh, so I thought. She saw the human male immediately, and it seemed that she somehow failed to notice me. Towering over him, she wouldn't take her eyes off of him and the male. limp in my grip until now, he began to squirm and try to put himself free. Before I could wonder as to the reason, the female had thrown herself. Injured and weak as she was across the room and set upon the human It was something so unexpected that I failed to intervene Looking down at the two small aliens unable to react The female tore into him like a rabid durangi, Sinking the little teeth they have into his neck And pummeling his eyes and face with the tiny fists I let go, wary of pushing her away lest I hurt her, but before my partner could cover the distance, she gripped the bleeding male's head and smashed his skull into a protruding corner of the floor. After it was over, I realized the whole thing had taken only a matter of moments. The grong trailed off, both Vardy and sharing glances at each other and blinking rapidly. The sergeant sighed and got to his feet once more, shaking his head free of the memory. So yes, the humans are fragile things compared to many of us, but weak? No, after what I saw that day, I would not call them weak. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below.